Unlike today, it was a very hot day. I was 17 years old. It was summertime, southwest Missouri. I was driving my old Chevy Caprice from Neosho to Springfield, about an hour and a half drive. It was over 100 degrees. And it was on the way home that my old Caprice began to knock a little bit. And finally, I saw the steam coming out from under the hood. And I was able to get that car to kind of limp into a service station. I had no money. I had no cell phone. By the way, nobody had a cell phone in 1987. Uh, but I did what I think a lot of us would do in that situation. I made a collect call home. Because when I was in trouble, I called home. It wasn't too long after that. I was a freshman at Oklahoma Christian tiny dorm room there, D-dorm at Oklahoma Christian, and I got sick. For the first time, I was away from home, and I got sick, all alone, high fever, nausea, splitting headache, and I called home. <laughs> I knew mom wasn't there. I, know, I knew she wasn't going to come over to comfort me, but there was something about just hearing her voice. Uh, it helped me. It helped me. And those are the times, those, those crisis times or even those great times of celebration or success. You know who's really important. You know who you're really counting on when you call them. And so many of us, it's calling home, isn't it? It was when I popped the question back in college. And I, I just, the first people I had to share that with were mom and dad. Or when I unpopped the question. And a lot of people at first service were wanting to hear more about that. Um, when I unpopped the question, I called home as well. Those moments when you need money, when the car breaks down, when you get sick, when you got some big news, be it good or not so good, you, you call home. And there was something in the life of Jesus, there was something about the way he prayed that impressed his disciples. They said, Lord, teach us to pray like you pray. And I think it was that. I think it was because when Jesus prayed, they could tell he was calling home. They could tell he was connecting in a special way with the Father. And so when Jesus talked to them about prayer, the first word on prayer in the Lord's Prayer was our Father. Our Father. When Jesus was in the temple one time, and he saw that place of worship, that place where the nations gathered to seek God's face, to pray, when he saw that it had been turned into a center of commerce, into a center of profiteering, he denounced them saying, my house shall be a house of prayer. And you turned it into a den of thieves. It's a house, it's a home, it's a place where people call home. And you've turned it into a den of thieves. Or that other time, of course, when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane at death's door. He knows he's going to be arrested. He knows he's going to be crucified. What does he do? He says, my father, at that crisis moment, my father, if there's any way this cup can be taken from me, may it be taken, but not my will, but thine be done. He talked to his father, didn't he? Well, that's the foundation. On the outline this morning, the very first thing I want you to write down, the foundation of a healthy, vibrant prayer life is that. 
It is to remember that when I pray, I am talking with my loving Father. When I pray, I'm calling home. That's what I'm doing. When we gather as believers, this is a house of prayer. We're brothers and sisters talking to our Father. And last week we talked about the kind of prayer that changes everything. Today we're going to continue that conversation by hearing what Jesus has to say about how the Father answers our prayers and how sometimes He's not giving us maybe the answer that we want to see, but He's still answering the prayer. We're going to let Jesus talk to us about that today. But let's remember that not everyone who prays in the world sees it as calling home. Most of the world religions don't view a relationship with God as a personal relationship at all. But Christianity is different. God is presented to us by Jesus as our Father. But even for Christians, right, it can be challenging. You can fall into stale, rote prayers that are more on content and less on connecting with God, that are more about the language and less about the love you feel for the Father. And still others, this one's interesting, as Jesus is going to tell us in a moment, still others see prayer as a performance to be observed and appreciated by others. You are like an actor on a stage, and you are praying to impress. That happens at church sometimes even today. So let's join Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 for his radically different approach to prayer. Prayer as calling home. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. Dino told me this morning that hypocrites in Greek is the same word for actors in a play who, in the Greek world, would put on a mask and begin begin to perform. They would carry a facade onto the stage. That's the word that's used there. Do not be like the hypocrites, the actors, who love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've received the reward in full. But when you pray, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, For they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows, your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. I like the way Eugene Peterson translates this passage in the message. He says, This world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. It's your father you're dealing with. In other words, God is way ahead of you 
when it comes to your prayer life. I think of it like those of you uh, maybe can understand this better who have uh, small children. You have a three or a four-year-old child and they are constantly asking you for something. Dad, can I have a cookie? Dad, can you turn on the nightlight? Dad, can you leave the, the door cracked? Dad, can you, uh, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Can you read me another story at bedtime? Whatever. They're always asking, and, and as good parents, we want to give them what they ask for when possible, right? When possible. But at the same time as parents, while their three-year-old or four-year-old thoughts are consumed with that cookie or dominated by, please leave the nightlight on, we as parents see a bigger plan for our kids, a bigger dream for our children than the cookie or the nightlight or whatever. And Jesus lets us know, look, your Father in heaven, He wants to hear you talk to Him. He wants to hear you ask Him what's on your heart or tell Him what's on your heart. At the same time, remember, your Father knows even more than you do what you need. There's a bigger plan that He's working for your benefit. And so as we pray, the Father answers and the Father listens, but He answers according to His wisdom and really, he already knows what we need before we even talk to him. Before we even talk to him. It reminds me of a time, it was about a year after my family moved to Brazil. We had been working on our Portuguese. We had been studying the demographics of different neighborhoods in Rio de Janeiro. Where should we plant the church? Talking to experts, all this stuff. We'd even started meeting as a church with some of our Brazilian neighbors and things in the basement of our house. Boy, was it crowded down there. Only 20 or so people, but it was crowded. It was a cool time, but we were looking for a meeting place in this neighborhood, Madureira, a very busy, vibrant part of the city. And part of that is we prepared to, to launch the church publicly in that neighborhood. Part of it was meeting shopkeepers and just, just getting the word out the church was going to start. We went around knocking on people's doors and introducing ourselves and telling them what we were about. And that's when we meet we, we met Donna Isabel, an old widow lady. We knocked on her door on the 18th floor of her apartment building, and she opened with that wrinkled face and big smile. We had never met her before. She had no idea who we were. She invited us in. She started fixing coffee, brought out some snacks, and we started talking about who we were, about the church that was going to start. And, and I got to tell you, toward the end of this conversation, I just said, Donna Isabel, you are an amazing person. You opened the door and you smiled at us and you invite us in and you fed us your food. You're acting like we're old friends. You're acting like you were expecting us to come by. And she kind of smiled and she said, Oh, querido, eu estava esperando vocês sim. I was expecting you guys, yes. You see, I don't get around very well anymore. And there's not a church in this neighborhood that I can get to anymore. And the fact that you guys are going to plant a church right here next to my apartment building, she said, I have been praying for this for the last several years. I was expecting you. And to this day, I wonder about that. All of our training back in the United States, all of our fundraising, all of our planning, these four families that leave everything up here and move to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, was it all because Dona Isabel had been praying? 
talking to her father. Well, the father is way ahead of us, according to Jesus, when we pray. But like any good father, he he loves it when we share our hearts with him, when we make simple requests of him. So Jesus lets us know that prayer is not some sort of formula. You are not uh, unlocking a combination lock with the right numbers, with the right words. You know, 24, 18, 2, boom. The lock is open. God's blessings come down. Or just the right words said in just the right way. All of a sudden, like a, a vending machine, I put in my quarter and boop. There's the blessing. It's not like that. He says, you're calling home. You're talking to your father. He knows what you need before you talk to him. Well, real prayer isn't a formula. It's the father. It's the relationship with the father. It's about that relationship. And so back to a question we touched on last week, one that we, I think I can say collectively, hopefully. We wrestle with this, okay? We struggle with this. Why doesn't God answer this prayer or that prayer? What is going on there? It's so frustrating. In fact, sometimes I know I'm praying for a good thing, a godly thing. God, why don't you answer that prayer? I feel like the guy on the cell phone commercial, whether he's working with Verizon or I think now he's with Sprint, you know, the guy that's like, can you hear me now? God, can you hear me now? I'm not seeing anything happen when I pray. And the truth is, the Father always answers. He always answers. According to His wisdom. According to His timing. According to His larger plan for me, for us. Be assured, He always answers. Sometimes he says no. <laughs> when the request I'm making is just bad. <laughs> it's just not a good idea. He says no. Sometimes he says slow. Sometimes he says, I want to grant that request, but I know the timing isn't right. Be patient. Slow down. Sometimes God tells me, and that's probably connected with that, he tells me grow. He says, you need to grow before you receive this blessing. You need to mature. I'm going to let that happen. And sometimes God just says, let's go. He answers your prayer, and what an amazing thing that is to be able to experience. So let's talk about that this morning on the outline. That first one, by the way, I didn't come up with these, and I can't for the life of me figure out who did come up with these, so I don't know if that counts as crediting someone, but somebody had these ideas other than me. All right, these words. Um, that word, uh, no, uh, is pretty simple. If the request is wrong, God is not going to honor it. Okay? Um, I can't speak for you, but I've asked for some things in my life from God that were not the right things for me to ask for. Thankfully, in those occasions, God said, not happening. Nah, we're not doing that. And I think about that. It's not for you to take personally like I'm pointing the thing. Look, people of faith in the Bible prayed for some crazy stuff that God said, uh-uh. They did. James and John, they come to the Lord Jesus Christ and they say, hey, when you come into glory, give us the top two positions. We want to sit on, the, on thrones to your right and to your left. 
We want to have the glory. Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh. Funny thing is, to really expose their hearts, Mark tells us in Mark chapter 10, verse 35, before they asked that, listen to what they said. Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Who's the Lord in that relationship? You do for me whatever I ask. Well, then there was that time in Luke chapter 9 when Jesus and and the apostles came up to this Samaritan village. And they were going to go into that village. But the locals made it clear, we want no part of you guys. We don't want Jesus. We don't want his ministry in our town. And so a couple of the apostles turned to Jesus and they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to burn all these people up? <laughs> oh, Jesus is like, really, guys? <laughs> After all the talk I've done about loving people, even people who are different, even sinners, that's the prayer you have God nuke this place? Mm -mm. So sometimes we're praying for something that's not right and God is going to answer that the right way, which is to say no. And we need to be alert, right? We need to pay attention when we pray to how God is answering our prayer. I wish we could always see exactly how he was answering. I guarantee you he's answering it. I wish we could always see exactly how that was happening. We don't get to see that all of the time. I think about the the business executive who was headed downtown for an important meeting, going to close a multi-million dollar deal potentially for his business. He got downtown and he couldn't find a parking spot. I bet you've been there before. And he's running late for the meeting and he's circling the block and there's no spot. And finally, this guy who was not exactly a person of faith, right? Not a church-going sort. He looks to heaven and he says, God, if you're there, (laughs) God, if you're there, open up a parking spot for me and I will start attending church faithfully and I'll even start tithing. And suddenly... And miraculously, there was an open parking spot right in front of him. And that's when he turned back to heaven. And he said, never mind, God, I found one. I'm good. (laughs) Don't be like that guy. Pay attention and expect God to work through your prayers. Sometimes he doesn't say no. Sometimes he says slow. Sometimes he says slow to If the timing isn't right, then God may say, slow down, you need to wait a while. God has his reasons for the not yets in our prayer lives. We are not always privy to those reasons, but we trust in our Father. Another answer, and one that is potentially connected to those not yets, is when God tells us that we need to grow. I can't answer that prayer right now because you've got some growing you need to do. If the request is right, but I am wrong, something's not right in my life, then instead of giving me what I'm asking for, God will tell me you need to grow. 
in the Scriptures, we get this distinct impression that the Father, our Father, is a lot more interested in our maturing, in our growth, in our strengthening than in our instant gratification. Amen? He cares about the bigger plan. And I'm not suggesting, I'm not suggesting that you simply stop praying that prayer that you've been praying necessarily, just that the delay in seeing an answer may have more to do with you and what He wants to do with you than with that specific request you're making. And finally, yeah, sometimes He says go. He's like, let's do this. You pray, and God answers that prayer, and it is a beautiful thing when that happens. If the request and the timing are right, most likely God will say, let's go, and God will grant that request. And that's pretty neat. By the way, a little advertisement. Tonight at 6 o'clock, if you're able to get out, uh, we'll have you out in time for the Cowboys game tonight, I promise. Get home and watch that. I've got some real stories from this church that I want to share with you tonight that people have been giving me this week. Um, And I'm going to share about seven different prayer stories tonight of how God has answered the prayers of your brothers and sisters here at Preston Crest. Some of them are amazing and wonderful. Some of them are some difficult answers that some of the folks here have shared with me, and I appreciate all of those, but we'll be talking about that tonight. But it is a beautiful and wonderful thing. When you pray and you see that answer before you. At the same time, however, guys, as we finish out, at the same time, it is so important to note that each of these four answers is an answer from God. Each of these four situations is your Father listening to you and providing you what you need. Finally this morning, we're going to close out our time by once again looking up in prayer. Feel free to pray with one another. Just put your arm around somebody and pray. And you don't need, by the way, you don't need a reason to pray for somebody. We all need prayer. If you just want to bless somebody, do that this morning. Also, Charlie Johnston, as I mentioned, one of our elders will be down front, and he'll just be leading a group in prayer over the city of Dallas, over our mission field. Join in with him if you'd like to do that. Um, Or talk to me about giving your life to Christ or about a prayer need that you have or talk to one of our ministers who will be in the back uh, this morning. But let's respond to our loving Father as we stand together in worship.